Welcome to the Healing Begins program. My name is Pastor Gail Crock, and this program is brought to you by Family Tree Medical of Hastings. Today I have a very special guest on the program. His name is Norm Barlow. Say hi, Norm. Hi. How long have we known each other, Norm? Probably about 15 years. Well, he's put up with me 15 years. I think that's pretty good. But Norm has an incredible story about how he came to faith, what it was like growing up. He's even had his struggle with, I believe, cancer, right? I've had cancer twice. Yeah, so, so maybe we can get into a little bit of what was it, what, what was it like for you growing up? Well, I was. Uh, we grew up on South Jefferson Street. Uh, my dad went to service uh, in '44, and he was released in '46. And I remember there's an older couple that stopped by the house and asked if I'd like to go to Sunday school. And uh, of course, as a little kid, you like to go different places. And they take me to Sunday school. So uh, I would get out in the car every morning. They'd pick me up for Sunday school, and and I remember old Roscoe would would polish my shoes because my shoes would be dirty or something, and I would go to church, and he'd bring me back, and that was for many years. And then when I got into high, uh, junior high, uh, I decided I was probably too old to, to go to Sunday school, so I just stopped. And uh, I was just turned 18, so it's the fall of uh, 1959, and five of my buddies said, Norm, you know, let's go camping. Now, I'm going to tell you, I hate to camp. I just soon go to a Holiday Inn, uh, you know, where you've got a, a hot shower and everything, but to go out in the middle of a field and sit by <laughs> really that's what we did we i like holiday in too because i get a warm breakfast in the morning i don't got to make it well i tell you we had to build a campfire and they built some of the they made some of the ugliest coffee i've ever drank in my life <laughs> they tried to warm up something to eat and it was terrible too but we laid underneath the stars that night and uh uh, we decided there had to be a God because there had to be more to life than just living and dying. We had all witnessed our grandpas and grandmas dying and stuff like this, and we thought, there's got to be something else. There has to be a God. So and, Now, this is interesting. Even though you went to Sunday school growing up, right, you got to a point in your life later on where you wondered, even though you went to Sunday school, is there really a God, right? Absolutely. We just, uh, the, the six of us, just uh, sat there and discussed it. Do you know God? No. Do you know God? No. And, and it was all the way around it. And, and uh, all of a sudden, we decided that as a group of guys, the first one that could find God, because we were going to go out and start looking for him, <laughs> would tell the others where God was. And so we uh, joined hands, and we made a pact with each other that this is what we would do, that at least one of us, that one of us out of the six would find God. And so uh, that week, that week and next weekend, those guys all went camping again, and I didn't go. And they all trusted Christ. They were all converted that particular time. And so they came back, and that Saturday night after that, they called me and said, do you want to go to church with us? And I said, yeah. And I said, where are we going? They said, well, we're going to go to the Baptist church. And I thought, well, maybe God's there. And uh, they didn't tell me they had found God. They just asked me to church. And so I went to church that morning, and uh, uh, they shared about uh, Jesus Christ, somebody that would love me somebody that would never leave me. Now, I had just broke up with a girl. Uh, I, I couldn't imagine. I had a ring for her. I, was going to, I, want, I asked her to marry me. And believe it or not, she said, no. And so <laughs> I was devastated because I really loved this gal and I really wanted to marry her. But she said, no. She said, I want to be friends. 
but she said, I don't want to marry you. And so we didn't. And, and I sat there and I thought, is there really a God that loves you irregardless? And that uh, for whoever you are, that he still loves you. And so I, went, I got through that particular session listening to the preacher preach. And I took uh, one of my buddies home, and it was Paul Morn. And I got to his house, and I said, Paul, I said, what are you going to do? You're going to be graduated this spring. And he said, well, whatever God leads. Mm. And I thought, is there a God that you could trust with your life to let him lead you wherever he wants you to go and uh, uh, I decided that night, I went back to the young people's group because I didn't have anybody to hang around with except these guys. They were 16, 17, uh, um, maybe 15. And uh, I was just 18, 18 in September. This was in November. And uh, I had the car. And I'm never sure whether they wanted me to go camping or they wanted my car because I was the one that could drive. But anyway, uh, it didn't matter at that point in time. So uh, Paul said, why don't you come back tonight? And uh, I thought, I don't think I'll go back. I knew there was something there. I really wanted to know God, but I wasn't sure. You know, it's a feeling that you've got. It's a crossroads in your life. And so I got all the way uh, to 6 o'clock, and I went back at 7 o'clock. And I went to the young people's meeting, and uh, uh, they talked again. And I was converted that night. I asked Jesus Christ to come into my heart. And uh, uh, I can remember walking down the steps of that church that night, and I thought, wow, this is something. And all six of us were baptized together that January, and uh, uh, the, five of those guys have become pastors. One, uh, this Paul that gave his testimony to me, became a, a chaplain from the Navy to the Marines, and then also he was head chaplain at Arlington for a number of years. And uh, we've been friends all of these years, but we have not been just friends, we've also been brothers in Christ. Uh, because throughout this time, I went to, uh, I decided that uh, God wanted me to be a pastor. And so I went to um, uh, Grand Rapids Baptist uh, College, and uh, this was in 1961. And uh, I spent two years in pre-seminary work, and then I realized God didn't want me to be a pastor. And I thought, well, why not? You know, I gave my life. I said I'd be a pastor. Why don't you let me be a pastor? Because that's what I want to do. But God shared with me that this isn't where he wanted me to be. So I went back into business where I had been, and the flower business had been there for years. And uh, I, I worked there, and, and I thought, well, maybe he wants me guidance and counseling. So I continued my education. I drove back and forth to Kalamazoo. I continued it, and I finished at Western Michigan University. I had a degree in secondary education. Uh, my major was in psychology. I had a minor in history, a minor in Bible. And so uh, uh, I spent the next uh, years uh, uh, that way, wondering, is God going to call me? Is God going to call me? But what I didn't realize, and took me about five years, my pulpit was not behind a pulpit in a church, but it was a workbench that I stood at. Because for years, I have been able to uh, share with people uh, they come in, they're devastated, they've lost a mother, a father, a grandma, a grandpa, brother, sister, son, daughter, uh, whoever they've lost. At that point in life, it's a crisis. It's a tragedy. It's a place where they, uh, they don't know where to turn because they've lost somebody that they love so much, and a part of their heart's been ripped right out of their body. At that time, they need somebody that cares, somebody that loves, 
not necessarily preaches to them, but just sits with them and talks with them and shares with them and works with them. So it became more than just selling some flowers to people. It became a, a ministry. And so in my life of 67 years, God has allowed me to minister to people as I've dealt with them because then I've realized the flower business is a perfect place to do this. People come in because of a death. They come in because of sickness. They come in, they'll say, Norm, I just came in to pray with you. I didn't come in to buy anything. I said, that's okay. But I knew that you'd pray with me. And so we just take a time to pray and about what God wants uh, what God wants in their life. or uh, in, in, in I was healed through many things through this, just being able to talk with, work with other people, and share with them what Jesus Christ has done in my life. Yes, I had cancer twice. I had it, and we did the surgery to uh, remove the cancer. Five years later, the doctor calls me and said, unfortunately, we've got some bad news. He said, you have cancer again. And I said, how could I have it again? He said, not supposed to, but you do. And so we went through an, uh, 39 treatments of radiation. And then uh, I went to a doctor in Battle Creek, and the doctor uh, uh, got through. He said, your heart is irregular. I said, what do you mean irregular? I just had a, a physical. It can't be. And he said, it's irregular. It's beating irregular. You need to do something. So I went to uh, uh, my doctor, and he said, yeah, it's beating irregular. So he sent me to a heart doctor. The first thing the heart doctor said, get your affairs ready. Some people don't walk back out of the hospital again. But he said, I want to do a five heart bypass surgery on you. And I thought, wow. And I went back praying about it. And somebody suggested uh, that I go to the Bourne Clinic. And they do a cleansing of the blood. That takes a year. And after Now, what the, is that called? Is that chelation? Uh, Yes. Okay. Um, chelation. Chelation is actually what it is. Okay. And uh, uh, you're, you set for an hour and a half. They have inject. Uh, they uh, uh, they uh, clear the blood uh, through that, take out minerals and uh, things that's not supposed to be there. And after a year, I went back and I said nothing. I went back to my doctor in Battle Creek, and, and they checked my heart. And, and I said, how's it doing? This is strong, regular, being good. I said, okay. So I went back to uh, my doctor here in Hastings, and I said, how's the heart? He said, it's beating strong, regular, and good. <laughs> and I went to a third doctor, and I got the same report back, uh, strong and regular. They said, but you did have a heart attack. I said, I didn't know it. When? He said, there are silent heart attacks. You can have them, but they can see, you could see it right there. And um, I also had a stroke. Uh, uh, during this period of time. And I remember going out of the uh, shop that night, and I was going to deliver some flowers, and uh, I said to my wife, I said, Carol, you drive, because I don't feel right. So she got in, drove, I was sitting, I laid my head back on the headdress and uh, raised the uh, head back up, opened my eyes, and everything was blurry. It was just swirling all the way around me. And uh, I thought the sun was in my eyes, tried to get to a visor. My hands would not reach to the visor. It would go all over the place. And Carol said, what's wrong with you? And I, and I started to talk, and then she couldn't understand what I was saying. Took me immediately to the hospital. Now, they never gave me a shot, no medication whatsoever. And I'm laying there, and, and uh, Carol calls somebody in a life group. We were in a life group at TVC. And he called everybody else. They went to the church. A group of people that was praying at the church came to the hospital. The nurse made everybody leave in the room. 
and this group came in and prayed for me. They anointed me with oil and prayed that that stroke would have no residual effects on my body and uh, that they would probably be able to see where it happened, which they can. And uh, I walked out of the hospital that night, and I said, Carol, they poured a bottle of hot oil on me. <laughs> I could feel it from the, head, from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. And Carol said, Norm, they only had three bottles of anointing oil. They couldn't get enough oil to make a cross. I said, I don't care what you say. They poured a bottle up. I didn't recognize the leading I did not recognize the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit works in your body when he's doing a healing. But that was a healing. I walked out. They can see where that happened on the x-rays or the MRIs that they do. But there's no residual. As you can tell, I can talk. And I keep on going. And uh, uh, my mind was clear, everything. Uh, it was great. And I, I've watched God work in my life over and over and over on things that has happened. And uh, so, but I've had cancer twice. I had a stroke once, and I had. And I'm 80 years old, and uh, I am kicking around. And I preach <laughs> Sunday. Uh, and God has immensely used me, and I I look forward to more years of being used. Uh, every so often, I start pouting because I'm 80 years old. I'm too old to do anything. Probably going to die in the next six months. And uh, God just kind of wakes me up a little bit. He says, Norm, he said, you're not going to die until it's time to die. But as you live, you can live for me. And I praise God every day. Been married 55 years. Uh, It's been an absolute... uh, One time in our marriage, we were having a fight and we were going to get a divorce went to church that Sunday, pretended everything was all right, weren't speaking to each other outside of church, but in church everybody could see us laughing and talking, but it was a fake. And uh, all of a sudden we went down in front of, we went down when there was an altar call at the end of the service, and, and I thought this will be easy. The preacher will take us into a back room and talk to us, but he didn't. He worked with us in front of the whole church. He said, now turn around and go back and sit down. And I thought, how can I walk? I'd been in that church for over 30 years. How can I walk in front of all these people I know and sit down? And they all know that I went down because there's a problem. They could see me (laughs) crying in front of the church. And the preacher said, what did I say to make you... uh, uh, to to make you understand that that God needed to intervene in your life for this marriage, I said I don't even know what you were talking about. So he said to Carol, "What did I say?" And Carol said, "I don't even know what you were talking about. We didn't even know the verses, the scripture, or anything that he had. But what we did know, God intervened in our life. He made certain." that this marriage of ours would continue to go on, and it did. We have four children. We are in the process of adopting another young man. Uh, it's absolutely incredible what God has done in our lives, all starting with a camping trip. Well, you know, though, earlier on, that doctor who came out and said, get your affairs in order, them them are powerful words from a doctor. Get your affairs in order. And Share a little bit how your faith helped you navigate cancer, heart problems, marriage issues. How was your faith a pivotal role in that? You, you, go, you go to God and you're praying, and sometimes it seems like there is, it's going nowhere. You're just talking to yourself. And then all of a sudden, there is something that comes back to you. 
And it can be in your mind, you hear something, you think something, you feel something, but all of a sudden you realize you can feel God working, almost like the hot oil poured over my body. There is a sensation, there is a feeling, there is, an, there is a peace. There is a peace somehow that God gives you. There is one other incident that I probably should talk about, and this is a time when the doctor said I was going to die. Mm-hmm. And this is earlier, uh, uh, there's... I, we knew nothing uh, except that uh, Carol said, you, your eyes are yellow. The whites in your eyes mm. are yellow. So uh, she said, you're going to go to the hospital. And I said, no, I'm not. I'm fine. And she said, I want you to go to emergency. I said, they'll just make me come back home. And so I did. Did what she said. I went to the hospital. And uh, all of a sudden, the doctor comes in the room and says, I don't like what I see. He said, I'm going to put you in the hospital. And I said, no. I said, I want to go home. I don't need to be in the hospital. He said, it's just like this. He said, you don't have weeks or months. He said, you've got hours to live. Mm. He said, if we don't do something on this. And uh, uh, they never completely decided exactly what it was. Uh, They called it, uh, uh, it was a bile inflammation uh, so that the bile was backing up into my system uh, and uh, uh, that would turn the eyes yellow. But bile is a deadly poison, mm. and so as it backs up into your system, uh, you you will die from it because it poisons your whole system. But they did catch it in time. Uh, they sent me to Grand Rapids. I went into Grand Rapids, uh, and they did uh, some different things there. And then I came back. They thought I had gallbladder, mm. uh, and they'd say, "How much pain are you in?" I said, "I'm not in any pain at all." And they said, oh, you've got to be in pain. You've got to be in pain. I said, no, I'm not in pain. So I get back, and they said, we'll do the surgery. I said, no. I said, I want uh, Dr. Max Rappaport to do that in Hastings. And they said, you've got to have it done. I said, oh, I'll get it done next year. And they said, no, it's got to be done right now. So I went back, and Max agreed to do the surgery right away. And uh, uh, he did the surgery, and he said, uh, we got your gallbladder out. He said, there's nothing wrong with it. And I said, then put it back. <laughs> he, he said, "He said, well, we can't do that. And I said, well, there's nothing wrong with it. I can keep it. And he said, no. He said, once we get it out, we can't put it back in. This is robotic surgery. And if you've never had that, that's, that is that is a godsend because you you just totally, totally recover real quickly. There's not a lot of pain in the surgery or anything like that. Uh, I felt wonderful. And uh, so uh, he said, well, we haven't. We don't know for sure, but we think it's because I was doing a lot of fasting, and and I believe in fasting. And he said, the thing is, you can only go so long in fasting. And I would tell you that if you are a person that fasts for your faith or whatever, it doesn't matter, watch it with your doctor because there are very definite guidelines that you necessarily have to follow, and I did not. I would fast for maybe four or five days or six days at a time. And some people even do 40. So, yeah, if you're going to fast and pray, you should talk to your doctor and get the guidelines because people can wind up hurting their bodies. Even though it's a good spiritual experience, Mm -hmm. you could wind up hurting your bodies through a long fast if not done uh, correctly. But I was thinking, um, as we're winding up our program today, what would you say to those that are looking for God? Because I believe... Mm -hmm. This program airing at 1 a.m. or late, late at night, 
there's maybe people out there that might be looking for God. What would you say to them? I'm going to tell you, the Word of God tells you, if you search for God, He will find you. Because we are lost. And uh, uh, it's not God that's lost. He's out there. He's watching. Uh, in the book of Jeremiah, it says to Jeremiah, God says, I knew you when I was forming you in your mother's womb, and I called you to be a prophet to the people. So God knows us even before we're born. God knows us as we are little children. God knows us as we get old. And I'm going to tell you, it doesn't matter if you have a problem with alcohol, a problem with drugs, a problem with mental problems. It doesn't matter. God is still there. And when you're looking for God, He is looking for you all the time. And He has been for years, and there uh, for a certain certainty I know in my life, and like uh, all of these things with a cancer, with a stroke, with a heart attacks, everything else, I was searching and I was thinking, God, I need your help now. And even after you're saved, because He will come in and uh, uh, He convinced me, He showed me, you do need to be saved. And I had no problems at all when I committed my my life to Jesus Christ. Uh, I can remember kneeling at that old sofa that the pastor had. And uh, then he uh, said, now you are saved. And then he went through the scriptures that once God saves you, he always saves you, but you can fall backwards. But if you fall, he is still there, and it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. God will be there for you. All you have to do is stop God, and he's there. You know, Norm, that's a great invitation. So if you're listening today and you say, man, I want to give my heart to Jesus Christ, I want to pray a prayer right now, and you just repeat it. Repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Savior. Fill me with the Holy Spirit and help me to learn how to walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen. And the other thing I was thinking, not a lot of time left, but maybe you could pray for those that are struggling with heart heart issues and cancer. Would you like to pray for healing a minute, Lord? Absolutely. Lord God, we know there are many people. They're hurting and they don't know why they're hurting. They're uh, and, and, and mentally, it, when you're sick in your body, when there's a, a necessarily healing that has to be there, you're hurting mentally too. And uh, uh, we know, Father, that you are able to heal. Jesus Christ bore those stripes on his body. He suffered on that cross. He died, but he was buried, and he arose again. And because of his victory over sin and death, he is the one that can heal you. And uh, Father, I ask for healing for these people out there, whether it's alcohol, whether it's drug addiction, whether it's just depression, whether they have had a relationship, that relationship has broken up. Father, heal those people, heal them. Heal them now so that they will know for certainty there is a God and there is a God that loves them. There is a God that not only loves them but will do something about it. There's a God that loves them, will do something about it, and also help them to recover and take them through the rest of their life so in the rest of their life they can be a testimony of God's grace and what He can do. Thank you, Father, for your love, your grace, your mercy, and your compassion. And it does not matter where you've been or where you are, but the thing that does matter in the direction that you are moving. 
And so, Father, I pray that these people would find their direction in you and live their life to the fullest. In Jesus' name, amen. Healing Begins is brought to you by Spiritual Care Consultants of West Michigan. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We are not a church, but a healing ministry based out of a doctor's office, and my partner is Dr. Troy Carlson. Maybe you're looking for a chance to donate somewhere. You have some money and you'd like to make a donation. Well, we are a great place to donate. Go to our website, www.spiritualcareconsultants.com, and click on Donate, or you can make your checks out to Spiritual Care Consultants and mail them to Spiritual Care Consultants, 1375 West Green Street, Suite 1, Hastings, Michigan, 49058. Most of all, I want to thank you for your prayers and all your support, and I want to say thank you for listening to Healing Begins.